What's up, guys? Pete Mundo, HeartlandCollegeSports.com. Thanks for downloading this week's radio show. We put it into the podcast form, so we appreciate that out of you. We're brought to you by BetNow.eu. Still half a season left. Use the promo code HEARTLAND for a 100% sign-up bonus. We're using them for our bets. I hope you do as well because they're helping us out and, you know, you in turn then can help us as well, and that's been great from a grassroots level to keep building this baby up. So thanks for that. And also, if you haven't, please rate, review, subscribe, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, and I'll send you a free koozie, a Heartland College Sports koozie. Email me a screenshot of your review to Pete Mundo at heartlandcollegesports.com. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. Third and goal at the three, and Iowa State moved at the snap. Skyler Thompson to the goal line. Touchdown. Shots with the night out. He's at the Baylor 35, the 30, the 25, the 20. It's a foot race to the 10, to the 5, into the end zone. He goes again. David Sills with a 53 yard touchdown reception. We're going all night long, everybody. And the Cyclones win it. They have knocked off the number four TCU Hard Frogs. This is not some mirage. When the sun just kept trying to catch him, and he just kept running away from him. It's 81 yards for McCluskey on the grab. Locked it down the middle for Rodney. It's caught at the 10, to the 5, into the end zone. It's a touchdown! Oh, mother! So we're halfway through Brock. And I got to be honest, the most exciting team to me to watch right now in the Big 12 Conference is none other than the Iowa State Cyclones. Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com, your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. Thanks so much for joining us, guys, and uh, being a part of the show. We appreciate you, whether it's through our radio affiliates, podcast, whatever it might be. Thanks for uh, joining us. So with Iowa State's win now over West Virginia last weekend, I'm sitting here and I'm saying to myself, gosh, with Brock Purdy, David Montgomery, Hakeem Butler throwing that defense, right now this might be the most exciting team of the Big 12 Conference to watch. You know, you can make the argument for Oklahoma and the explosive offense. You can. You can make the case for Texas. I mean, they're first place in the conference. They're back, so to speak which we've been saying for years, but actually hasn't been the case for years. But just the way that this offense is playing for Iowa State under Brock Purdy, his dual threat ability, Montgomery being healthy, Hakeem Butler, who might be the most underrated wide receiver in America, to be sitting back and watching this and following this team and this program, my goodness, is it exciting. It really is. And, you know, maybe the defenses are going to catch up with Brock Purdy, and and this is all smoke and mirrors for an offensive line that's not very good. But I don't believe it. I don't. And how badly does Iowa State want to get back that TCU game from a couple of weeks ago? Had Brock Purdy played there, who knows? This team's 3-1 and one in conference play. They're right in the discussion for the Big 12 championship. But I'll tell you what. As I look at Iowa State, all of a sudden, after the bye week, it's Texas Tech, Kansas Baylor. They wrap it up. Texas, Kansas State, Incarnate Word. That's six games left on the schedule for Iowa State. One ranked team on it. And suddenly that Texas Tech 
and Iowa State game next Saturday on the 27th is arguably the most intriguing game on the schedule because of the fact that one of these two teams could end up playing a major role in either themselves making a late run to the Big 12 championship game or playing a factor from an upset special. Because I still think you look at the Big 12 right now and you say to yourself, okay, you have OU, who, yes, lost to Texas, but I think if those two teams play 10 times, I still believe Oklahoma probably wins uh, six of those 10 times. You have Texas, and then where do you want to go? Do you want to go to West Virginia? Back to the well there. Do you want to go to Iowa State? Do you want to go to Texas Tech? Heck, could Baylor give one of these teams a scare? I mean, oh, you blew them out, but who knows? They're getting better every week under Matt Rule. So this game has a ton of intrigue to it next week when Iowa State plays at Texas Tech because it's going to tell me which one is more likely to play a major role come November. Now, Iowa State has no room for error because they have those two losses in conference play to TCU and Oklahoma. But you know what? This is a really fun team to watch. It is top to bottom. You look at this team. You look at what Matt Campbell is doing. Now three top six wins in two years. I, I think Matt Campbell is staying in Ames, and, and I don't want to dive into this conversation right now. It just seems too premature, and we've had it a bunch of times. But I don't think Matt Campbell's going anywhere unless it's one of those dream jobs, Notre Dame, Ohio State opens up. But – Neither of those appear to be going anywhere. You know, unless Brian Kelly gets the call to the big leagues, which I don't see happening, or Urban Meyer has, you know, another fake heart attack at Ohio State. They stood by him through the whole uh, saga earlier this season in August. Those jobs are steady. Those jobs are settled. I don't think Matt Campbell's jumping ship for a run-of-the-mill SEC job. I don't think he's doing it. You're dead man walking going to the SEC right now with Nick Saban and what Alabama's doing. Uh, Seriously, you got... What Nick Saban has done in Alabama has in many ways ruined the SEC because now everyone compares their expectations to Alabama and everybody thinks they should be Alabama, like Auburn and Florida and LSU and Georgia. They all think they should be as dominant as Alabama, and that's their benchmark, and it's been... A disaster for any SEC coach. Yeah, you're going to walk in and make a few million bucks, but I just don't think it makes any sense for a coach to do that right now, unless it's a guaranteed can't-miss opportunity. So I, I have a Matt Campbell in the Big 12. This is what we expected we were going to see to follow up on last year's 8-5 and five season. It was a little dicey there for a while. It really was. But things have turned around, and uh, it, it's it's really good for the Big 12. It is. By the way, did you see my Twitter spat with Tim Brando? Fox Sports 1. I really like Tim Brando. I think he calls a really good game. But, you know, I got on him a little bit here because after the game on Saturday night, he said, the last big win I can remember here, meaning Ames, was the Oklahoma State game back in 2011. And I'm sorry, that's just not true. It's just not true. So here is my tweet. I love Tim Brando, but he just said the last big win I remember them, Iowa State, having, and he cites 2011 win versus undefeated Oklahoma State. But did he forget there are two top five wins, OU-TCU, last season? And, you know, TCU was at home. OU, of course, was not. And he got a little defensive. He said, I'm sadly mistaken, 
but I wish you well in your future endeavors. I will suggest you understand on live TV, colleagues should understand context. KCMO is a wonderful station. That's where I work in Kansas City. And uh, my old friend Kevin Harlan worked there. <laughs> I said, Tim, I'm a big fan. But just thought it was odd to miss the TCU mention at the end. That was at home. It capped off a month of October 2017 where Iowa State won two games versus top five opponents. In context, the TCU win, at least in my humble opinion, was bigger. He says, I get your drift, but you need to attempt to understand mine. We were absorbing the celebration, and I was adding historical context. Your points, while accurate, were much more needed within the body of the telecast, and it was. I'm fine with being critiqued. Well, he says I'm missing the context. Tell me how, someone tell me how Iowa State beating West Virginia last weekend was bigger than Iowa State beating TCU last year. You can't. You can't tell me that. That West Virginia win last week was big, but the TCU win last last year was bigger because, like I said, capped off an undefeated month, two top five wins in the span of a few weeks, put Iowa State back on the map to the national people. That's what that win did. And by the way, the TCU win came later in the month against undefeated number four. So tell me how that's not a bigger win than beating an undefeated number six in early or mid-October, depending on what you want to consider the 13th. It's not debatable. It's just not. And I like Tim Brando. Really appreciate the work he does. But he was dead wrong there. And, you know, we agreed to disagree. It was a civil conversation. But if his point was simply that, oh, you know, um, because it was a night game, it's the biggest game since the Oklahoma State win back in 2011, who cares? Does a game that start at 2.30 versus 6 p.m., does that mean it's a bigger game because it starts at 6 p.m.? And does that override all the other factors and facts that I just mentioned? I don't think so. I really don't. So have to agree to disagree there, Timmy B. Still love you, pal but have to agree to disagree. So Texas held on for dear life against Baylor, just like they did against Kansas State, and I'm such a sucker. I should have bet Baylor. I wanted to bet Baylor, but I couldn't pull the trigger on it. I bet Texas minus the 14. It might have been different had Sam Ellinger not gotten hurt. But I thought it was interesting what Tom Herman had to say in the Big 12 teleconference on Monday where he brought up and brought into the conversation – Shane Bouchelle and how good of a team guy he's been. Here's what Tom Herman had to say about that. Demeanor on the sideline, the, the entire game, you know, he, he's probably the best game day coach for Sam uh, that we have. He's awesome. He sees the game. He understands football. And I don't think anybody um, was was any bit concerned when he jogged into the, into the game. Uh, I, I, I think, you know, even he would probably admit that he was a bit nervous at first, but I think he settled down and and um, and led our team very very well. You know, I do have to be honest that I I, I did not think Shane Bouchelle played that well on Saturday. And you heard Tom Herman say there probably some nerves, and that's understandable. You know, he's still a young guy. I know he's a junior, but still a young guy. Put in that spot, doesn't think he's going to play. He does end up playing. I get that. But where I do have to give Shane Bouchelle a lot of credit is the fact that uh, what Tom Herman pointed out right there is so true. You know, so many of these guys that are former four-star, five-star players, they get benched, they lose out on a quarterback battle, and what do they do? They bail. 
they transferred, they want to play, woe is me. And sometimes you get it, but a lot of times you don't. A lot of times it is not fair to the team that you committed to. So the fact that Shane Bouchel did say, you know what, I'm here. I'm a Longhorn. I'm seeing this thing through. I want to be here. I want to make this work. I want to be a part of this team and this program. And whenever my number is called, hopefully I'll be as ready as I can possibly be. You do have to respect that in 2018 when guys just bail. The minute they don't get what they want in an immediacy society, they're out. They're gone. And Shane Bouchel does deserve props for that. So I want to give him some credit for that. Uh, he helped his team out. That being said, Texas needs Sam Ellinger back. Uh, if they want to win a Big 12 championship, it has to be with Sam Ellinger at quarterback. And this bye week could not have come at a better time for Texas. Regroup Oklahoma State next week. And then you have West Virginia the following week, which, by the way, I'll be at that game in Austin. We'll be doing a tailgate for Heartland College Sports, so be sure to uh, check that out if you're a Texas or a West Virginia fan. As we get closer, I'll have more details. Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. Coming up, Dana Holgerson got into a little bit of a tiff with Iowa State. I've got the audio. We'll play it. Coming up here on Heartland College Sports Weekly. So if you didn't see this or hear this, I guess is the better way to put it. Dana Holgerson, not too happy at all with how things ended with Iowa State last Saturday night, and not just because of the final score. Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. Go check it out. It's our independent Big 12 digital media outlet, and we appreciate you joining us, whether it's radio, podcast, whatever it might be. Thanks for uh, being a part of the show. So Dana Holgerson and his West Virginia Mountaineers had to sneak off the field last Saturday night after getting upset in Ames, Iowa by the Cyclones. And it was a madhouse. You know, Iowa State stormed the field, and Dana Holgerson was asked about that in the Big 12 teleconference on Monday. And you can hear it based on what he says and how he said it. He was not happy at all. Here's the back and forth with the reporter. Yeah, it was it was uh, it was very unprofessional. Um, you know, our job is to keep student athletes and at uh, in a safe place. And when you got thousands of people coming at you, it, it, it it's not it's not good. Um, there's there's league rules and league bans against that for a reason. Um, you know, and our job is to keep players uh, keep players safe, and we didn't have time to get them off the field, so that was uh, that was not good. Did anybody get hurt? Uh, I'm not quite sure. I don't, Did you I don't, hurt us? Okay. No, not that I'm not that I'm aware of. Um, you know, there it, it was it was dicey there for a while. I mean, I know we rushed a few of the main guys off and. And then the rest of them were kind of on their own. But uh, luckily we got out of there without anybody getting hurt. One more thing. Did you even get to Matt Campbell after the game? Well, seeing how there was about 2,000 people coming between us, it didn't, didn't quite work out that way. Okay, thanks. So that's West Virginia head coach Dana Holgerson on uh, Monday during the Big 12 teleconference. Got to be honest, guy sounds like a sore loser. He just does. And... You know, I'm sorry you lost the game. I'm sorry they stormed the field on you. In basketball, I can see 
there's a bigger problem with court storming in basketball because guys don't have pads on and helmets on and all that kind of stuff, right? It's it's just different. It's a much more enclosed space, a basketball court. Like when West Virginia got stormed on against Texas Tech in basketball, was that a year or was that two years ago now? That was a problem. And then you had Kanate take a swing at a guy, I think it was. Luckily, you missed him. But, yeah, that that's a mess. But Dana Holgerson right there talking about player safety and there's a reason that leagues have bans on this. I just didn't think it was a good look. I just didn't, especially when, let's be honest, West Virginia Mountaineers fans are not exactly known as choir boys and girls, okay? I mean, they're not. So spare me a little bit of that. And I think West Virginia fans are great. I think that Iowa State fans are great. I think they're both really good fan bases. But it just came across like sour grapes, you know? It just did. And I thought something else interesting coming out of that game Saturday night, I wrote about this on heartlandcollegesports.com, is that Dana Holgerson appeared to be very frustrated with the play calling on Saturday night or the lack of changing in the play calling. He did not uh, flat-out call out Jake Spavital, but this is a guy that he gave the reins to of the offense last or yeah, 2017. And Dana Holgerson had called the plays all the years before that. As a coordinator, as a head coach, he finally said, I need to assume a CEO-style role. I know Jake Spavadol, he's going to be our guy, and I'm going to let him call the plays. Well, last year he was frustrated with uh, Spavadol because he let Will Greer run to the end zone against Texas and destroy his thumb. And then again on Saturday night, he, he pointed out and he said, you know, they would drop an eight all night. They weren't changing things. They weren't mixing things up. We have to adjust better. I have to take a bigger role. I don't think he's going to fire Jake Spavadol, but clearly he was not happy with Jake Spavadol after that game. He just wasn't. It was evident in his body language and what he said, and it's something to keep an eye on here going forward. And that was just, you know, Iowa State's a great defense. I think they're the best in the Big 12. But West Virginia, with those weapons, should not be scoring seven points on offense. They shouldn't be. I don't care that it's a night game on the road. I mean, that was bad. Now, a team I have to give some props to is Kansas State. You know, I've been killing them all year. And it doesn't change how I feel about Bill Snyder or that program as a whole. But this team has not quit on Bill Snyder. It has not quit on this coaching staff. And that is worth something. Once again, big picture-wise, I still don't think much has changed. This whole year-to-year thing for Snyder and you know how that affects recruiting, which is already tough enough as is at Kansas State, I don't like it. I don't think it's good for the longevity and the future of the program. But give this Kansas State team credit. These past three weeks, they have played tough. You know, they were down 19-0 at the half against Texas. They come back in that game. They still lose, but they come back. They fight hard. They don't allow a single point in the second half. Baylor, that game could have gone either way. And then they beat up Oklahoma State 31-12 last week. And maybe this is more of an indictment on an Oklahoma State team that just folded. Uh, they folded like a cheap suit, as the old cliche goes. I mean, that's how bad it was for Oklahoma State last week. Uh, Mike Gundy is catching a decent amount of heat right now because fans are wondering why he's not playing Spencer Sanders, the true freshman, and why he's keeping Taylor Cornelius in there. You know, at this point, the damage is done. What are they, 4-3? and three? Uh, you hope you can make a bowl game and use that practice. And I would use Sanders at the end of the season. You know, you have up to four games and a guy can still redshirt. 
So just get through these next couple of weeks with Taylor Cornelius. And then if you want to give Spencer Sanders some run, that's how I would do it. But at this point in the game, you're not winning a Big 12 title. You're not going to be in the Big 12 championship game. There's no reason to burn that red shirt. I just, I would not do it at this point if I'm Mike Gundy. And I clearly think that's what's happening here. It's very evident to me that he's basically said, you know what? The season is what it is. This team is what it is. I don't know if this is 2014 all over again, where it's a rebuild year and then it's three seasons of 10 straight or of 10 wins uh, or more. I guess it was 10 wins every year, right? I think it was 10 and three every season or something like that. But either way, I don't know if that's what's going to happen the next three years. But I certainly know this year is not going to be the kind of year that Oklahoma State fans expected to have. We had the ninth in our Big 12 power rankings this past week, the lowest they have been uh, since we started doing these things. And I think it's fair. I mean, Kansas State, who was solidly in the ninth hole for several weeks, just blew them out by 19 points. Baylor's getting better. Iowa State's drastically improving. Tech is good. TCU is eh, but... Head-to-head against Oklahoma State, I think they'd win by, you know, 10 points right now based on what I'm seeing. So, you know, it just might be one of those seasons in Stillwater. And you hope then next year you turn the corner, Sanders is the real deal, and you're back winning double digits and competing at least near the top of the Big 12. Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com. Coming up, let's take a look at the two games in the Big 12 this week, what to make of them. It's all next right here on Heartland College Sports Weekly. So a quiet schedule this weekend for the Big 12. Only two games on the schedule. That's it. Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com, our Big 12 independent digital media outlet. So you got OUTCU, Kansas, Texas Tech. A rematch of the Big 12 championship game, 11 a.m. kickoff on ABC. And I got to be honest, I thought this game would have more intrigue to it before it started. Before the season, I said, okay, OU TCU. I mean, I know TCU was losing a lot of guys. I realize that. I understand all of that. I really do. But I also thought that TCU would be better than they are right now. I I did. Now, it's going to be interesting to see the side of the ball to watch is Oklahoma's offense, excuse me, Oklahoma's defense against TCU's offense because Sean Robinson has been a turnover machine. Even a couple of fumbles he had last week against Texas Tech, he ended up recovering. It's like, man, this guy is just, he can't hold on to the ball to save his life. He just can't do it. And I am fascinated to see with what changes uh, Ruffin McNeil makes, what he does, how he does it. Uh, I I just think that's something that's going to be really interesting to watch. Maybe he eases his way into a few changes from Mike Stoops. I mean, you can't turn over a playbook overnight. You just can't do it. Um, how he uses guys differently. Is Parnell Motley still playing cornerback? Is it time to just put him on the bench for Christ's sake? I mean, geez, the guy's really struggled the past few weeks. So with the bye week for OU, how do they play on the road early start after firing a coordinator and not just any coordinator, but a legacy name coordinator? What has that done to that locker room? If anything, those are kind of those storylines that, don't always show up in the box score, but certainly are a big deal, and you'll notice it when you watch the game. And I think that's what's important. Is the team looking hungover? Are they rejuvenated on defense? And, you know, Gary Patterson's in a tumultuous spot. The team's 3-3 three and three right now, 
and you know you get in a Big 12 championship last year. Do you really want to go from that to not making a bowl game? I don't think so. Now the schedule does ease up a little bit on the back end. After OU, it's Kansas, Kansas State, West Virginia, Baylor, Oklahoma State. So closing out, they'll probably be favored in four of those five games. Maybe Baylor is a push or something like that, but uh, they'll certainly be favored against Kansas, Kansas State, and Oklahoma State. No doubt about that. So they just got to get three more here of the final six, and they'll be in a bowl game. I think they'll get it, but at the same time, you know, Kansas has given TCU trouble. Let's be fair. They have over the past few years. So that's something to watch as well. But I'm just intrigued to see what this TCU team is. If Michael Collins is going to get a shot at quarterback or if Sean Robinson is the guy. Don't forget, Gary Patterson took Sean Robinson to Big 12 media days. Unheard of. He was a quarterback who you know played a little bit as a true freshman last year. And that was it. I mean, that's that's unlike Gary Patterson to bring a guy that's pretty unproven. But he trusts his maturity. He believes in him. He likes him, obviously, a lot, not just as a player, but as a person, or he would never have brought him the Big 12 media days. So he clearly thinks that Robinson is the guy and can turn it around. But at what point do you say, dude, you're just not taking care of the ball here, and we need someone that's going to? Uh, the other game, of course, Kansas at Texas Tech. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you, I, you know, I'm on pins and needles waiting for this one. I'm not. And it's not because of Texas Tech. It's not. Uh, it's just difficult. Any game with Kansas, it's tough to sit down and watch. But they also are coming off a week where they had a bye, and they fired a coordinator. Doug Meacham was canned, and it tells me that, you know what? David Beatty's feeling the heat. And basically, if he's going to go down with the ship, uh, he's going to do it his way. And he's going to have a bigger say in what's going on on the offensive side of the ball, which is where... David Beatty's expertise is. I mean, he came in as an offensive guy, wide receivers coach at AM, everything else. So that's somebody who is basically saying, if I'm going to get canned, if I'm going to get fired, it's going to be on my terms. And I don't blame him for doing that. I mean, Doug Meacham came from TCU, where he was the co offensive coordinator with Sonny Cumbie, uh, air raid, scoring a lot of points with Trevon Boykin, everything else. And he just didn't perform. And I know he did not have the horses that he had at TCU. I get it. But, man, this offense has been anemic. And, yes, the offensive line stinks. And the quarterback play has not been very good. And Puka Williams is good at running back. Um, they have some good wide receivers. But in the end, you know what? If Beatty thinks he can do a better job, he's at the point where he better do it. Because if not, it's going to cost him his job here pretty soon. So I'm intrigued to see what goes on there uh, for Kansas and if they look any better on offense, because the defense has played pretty good. It has. And Texas Tech, uh, this season, if you told me that after that Ole Miss game where Tech gets blown out by 20 points, commits a ton of penalties, and looks like crap, if you tell me that team is going to go 4-1 and one the next five weeks with the single loss being by a touchdown or eight points in West Virginia's case. I wouldn't have believed you. I mean, you tell me they would have beaten Lamar and Houston and Oklahoma State in Stillwater, a place they hadn't won in, what, 17, 18 years uh, against West Virginia. They came back in the second half there. And then at TCU, no way would I have believed you for a second. But they did it. And power to them because... You know what? Cliff Kingsbury is quickly saving his job for 2019 and beyond. And I've said it. I want to see Cliff Kingsbury succeed. 
I do. And he's getting closer to doing it. By the way, underrated matchup next week. Iowa State, as I mentioned, is um, hosting Texas Tech. You know what ticks me off, though? It's an 11 a.m. start. I mean, I was going to drive up to Ames here from Kansas City, and and now 11 a.m. start, I got to hit the road at what? Um, Especially if I want to do a tailgate. What do I got to leave at, 5 in the morning? I mean, jeez. The Big 12 is getting hosed on some of these scheduling uh, things. They really are. Not getting a lot of primetime love. Not at all. Two weeks, I'll be at Texas, West Virginia. Right now, two top 15 teams. If that game is an 11 a.m. kick, I'm going to lose my mind. And the reason they do it is because the TV networks look at the Big 12 as the redheaded stepchild. So whatever primetime game they have, they're putting it in their 11 a.m. slot, central time, because they want to save the big guys for the afternoon and the night. And it's starting to annoy me. All right, so my picks for this week, I think Oklahoma wins by 10 points. I think Texas Tech uh, takes care of business by, I'm going to say, uh, 17. That's that's There you have it. There's my prediction. I'm going to say OU 40, uh, TCU 28. And then I'll say uh, Texas Tech takes care of business 35 to 17. Pete Mundo, Heartland College Sports Weekly. Thanks so much for joining us, guys. We'll talk to you next week, same time, same place, right here on Heartland College Sports Weekly. 2,000 country stations. Yeah, we're one big country nation. That's right. All right, guys, thanks so much as always for joining us. Appreciate it. Please do rate, review, subscribe, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. Screenshot it, Pete Mundo at heartlandcollegesports.com, and I'll get you a free Heartland College Sports koozie. And betnow.eu, promo code Heartland. We're using them. I appreciate that. It helps us out. And we'll talk to you guys soon.